thank you, thank you. Ah, uh, thank you. Oh, oh, hey, okay. Now, here's the deal. Before we get started, just so you guys know uh, a little bit more about me, I was actually a youth pastor about for about seven, eight years. And as we were youth pastoring, uh, my schedule just started to fill up because people started to ask if I could go and speak at their schools and their churches. And then finally, my pastor came to me, and he was just like, hey, you got to decide. I promise, my pastor does not sound like Dave Chappelle. <laughs> you got to decide. Are you a pastor or are you an evangelist? And so uh, my wife and I, we started to pray, and I just told my wife one day, I was like, you know what? I know this sounds crazy, but I don't want a paycheck from the church no more. I think God's just going to provide. And she goes, no, you are crazy. That's not going to happen. And so even though, yes, my wife is very beautiful, my wife is actually super, super smart. And she is, like, way smarter than me. So, uh, dude, sidebar, marry a girl, not just for her looks, but for her brains as well. Because, guys, we know we would die, but we need somebody to keep us alive. And so my wife, she keeps me alive. She actually has a business major. So if you guys uh, go back in the back, you'll see my table. And at that table, you will see uh, T-shirts kind of like this one. Uh, anytime I go to an assembly, we always got to dance. I am a dancer. You might not see that here, but I am a dancer, and I love to dance. And so, but there are some of you sitting here, you're like, mm, you ain't that cute. You don't have to buy the T-shirt. You don't have to buy the T-shirt. There are other T-shirts back there. And then also, you will see a DVD back there of mine. It has three different messages on there. But I'm telling you right now, if you don't like this message, you probably ain't going to like the DVD. So don't get the DVD. But this is like the worst promo ever, but it's the truth. So if my wife asks, hey, did Terrence do his promo? And that, that would be really weird if my wife just called you out of the blue one day. You're like, hey, Terrence's wife, this is creepy. You could at least tell her that I did what I needed to do. Boom. All right. That is out the way. It is, it is time to get started up in this sweaty place right now. Mm. It's hot. Oh, okay, who said that? Who's that? Oh, did you really say that? Oh, snap. I thought I was in the hood for a second. I was like, oh, hey. All right. All right. Now, today is all about two words. That's it. Two words, and I am done. And it's this. You belong. You belong. Matter of fact, turn to the person next to you. Let them know. You belong. You belong. I, Isaiah 43.1 says this. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Turn to somebody else right now and let them know, I'm somebody's. I'm somebody's. You somebody's. You somebody's. You, you ain't mine. You somebody else. Case in point, like I was telling you guys before, uh, I have two daughters. My youngest daughter, her name is Cece, and she is one and a half years old. And my oldest daughter, her name is Gracie, and she just turned five last week. Now here, come on. Now here's the thing. Gracie is crazy. She is legit, like, running all over the place, knocking things down, doing the whip and the nay-nay because it's her favorite song. Gracie is crazy. And it was about two years ago, two Valentine's Day ago, where it fell on a Sunday that year. And I'll never forget it. 
because my wife and I, we had to work like during the week. So we celebrated not on the day of Valentine's Day, but on a different day. And so that Sunday came. It's Valentine's Day. I'm sitting. I'm chilling out. And then all of a sudden, my wife, she comes to me and she goes, hey, you know what you should do? You should take Gracie out for Valentine's Day. I was like sitting there and she's three years old. I'm like, you know what? do that. And I'm not just going to just do it. I'm not just going to be like, hey, baby, it's Valentine's Day. Let's go. No. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. And so, of course, I got Gracie downstairs. I was like, Gracie, you put on your cutest dress because you and daddy are going out on a date. And she goes, you're going to take me out on a date? I was like, you got that right, girl. And so she ran upstairs. I'm like, okay, what do I got to do? I got to go get some flowers. And of course, it's Valentine's Day. And all the guys know there are no flowers around on Valentine's Day. They are gone. So I had to go to the grocery store. And I'm like the one guy in line. And I'm standing with my one rose. And the guy's like, "Mm, you forgot Valentine's Day for your wife? I was like, shut your mouth. You don't know my story. Get out of here. And so... I got a a Valentine's Day rose and a Valentine's Day card, and I'm, like, trying to figure out a card for a three-year-old. She can't read. She can't write. What kind of card am I going to get her? So, of course, I found a card with some stickers in it because she loves stickers. And so I got some stickers in there, put it in there. I got home. I went upstairs to go get dressed. I'm not just going to wear the clothes that I wore that day. I'm going to put on a suit. I'm going to get my tie. I'm going to do my baby right. And so, of course, I'm getting all dressed. I'm getting on my tie. I can hear my little girl downstairs. She goes, Daddy, I'm waiting for you. I'm like, hold on, girl. Your daddy's coming. Hold on. Hold on. And so, of course, I got all dressed. I got the rose. I got the card. And I came downstairs. My little girl was wearing a purple dress. She had the biggest smile on her face. And as I was coming downstairs, she goes, are those for me? I was like, you bet you they are, girl. You bet. And so I gave her the rose, and she smelt it. And matter of fact, my wife, she's sitting on the side, and she's recording everything, and she put it on Facebook. Facebook, and I got down, and I gave her the card, and because she couldn't read the card, I read it to her, and I said, happy Valentine's Day, baby, and I'm thinking, man, she loves the words I just said, and she goes, stickers, and I was like, yes, yes, there are stickers, too, there are stickers, too, so she got the stickers, I was like, all right, we're gonna go out on a date right now, and she goes, okay, and so she handed my wife the card and the rose, and so we start to get in the car, and all of a sudden, it hits me, I'm like, where am I supposed to take a a three-year-old for Valentine's? I have no idea where she wants to go. What kind of date is this? And so I'm trying to think, and I'm like, you know what? My little girl, she loves pizza. So, you know what? I'm going to take her to Pizza Hut for Valentine's Day. Okay, uh, word, I am not a cheap date, okay? I was not trying to cheap out on my daughter. She just likes pizza. And so we go to Pizza Hut, right? And we drive up. And, of course, I stop the car, and then I go around the side, and I open the door for her, and I unbuckle her because she's in a car seat. So I unbuckle her, and I take her, and I walk her out, and I grab her hand, and she goes, Daddy, why are we, why, why are we holding hands? And I said, hey, next time a guy takes you on a date, you make sure he holds your hand because that shows everybody that he's proud of you. And she's like, okay. And so we walk inside, and we're going through Pizza Hut. And then we get through the door, right? And the lady there, she's like, oh, are you guys on a date? And she goes, yes, we are. And the lady's like, well, let me show you to your table. And so my daughter, she grabs my hand, and she's pulling me, and she goes, I'm holding my daddy's hand because I'm proud of him. And I was like, oh, I was like, that's, that's my little girl right there. And so, of course, we sit down, and we're eating pizza, and there's, like, some block of Legos on the side. So she's playing with the Legos. I'm like, this is the first Valentine's Day that I actually played with Legos. This 
is pretty awesome. And so we went for de dessert. We got cupcakes. It was awesome. That night, put her to bed. I was like, baby, your daddy loves you so much. And she goes, I love you too, daddy. Put the covers over her, gave her a kiss, closed the door. Boom! Perfect day. I'm thinking to myself, there are times in any father's life where you're like, I did pretty good today. This was an awesome day. That was one of those days. The next morning, I don't know what happened. I don't know if all of a sudden the, some evil spirit came into our house, but the next day was completely different because I woke up. And, of course, if you guys don't know, I travel across the country. And so it was the day before I'm about to leave to go do some school assemblies in Ohio. And so, of course, I'm getting ready to go. And so I make sure I go pick, get my girl out of bed. And the minute that I got to the door, I was like, hey, baby, it's time to wake up. You got to go to daycare. All of a sudden, she pops up. She goes, I don't want to go to daycare. I'm like, girl, who are you talking to? I know you ain't talking to me like that. I'm like, hey, 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 I don't know what's going on, but we got to go. She's like, I don't want to go. Yo, daddy. And I'm like, girl, you better come on right now. And so she's like getting her clothes on. She's putting on her shirt. And all of a sudden, I'm waiting downstairs for her. She comes downstairs. I'm like, okay, here's your bowl of cereal. We got to hurry up and eat. She's like, I don't want this cereal. She knocks over the bowl. I'm like, girl, your daddy's going to kill you right now. <laughs> You need to cut it out. And so, of course, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why she has this attitude. So we get in the car, and she's not talking to me. She's three years old. She's got her arms crossed like this during the whole car ride. I'm like, girl, you better be lucky. I am dropping you off because if you weren't, ooh, girl. And so, of course, I drop her off at daycare. I'm thinking to myself, okay, daycare is going to solve all problems, and she'll be returned, and she'll be absolutely normal. This will be a good thing. So, of course... I pick her up after daycare, right? What up, everybody in the back? How y'all doing? That's okay. Y'all late, but that's okay. That's okay. We got room for you. We got room. So I drop her. Uh, I pick her up from daycare. She comes in. She, yeah. Uh-oh. Come on. Yeah, hey, scoot in, scoot in. If you know somebody that's, that's like, on the other side, scoot in, scoot in, scoot in. Yes, yes. We got seats. There's room for everybody up in here. Oh, bro, I like your Chicago Bulls shirt. Come on. I don't know what's going to happen with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, uh, well, bro, are, are you getting paid to be here? Oh, you can't stand with the speaker then. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just playing with you. <laughs> Oh, oh, we got more seats. We got more seats uh, right next to Moses. We got some seats. We got some seats. I got you, brother. I got you. Uh, all right, we good? Everybody, you all right? Uh, yeah, my brother's lost. Anybody got a seat for my brother right here? He needs... Oh, we got one more. We got one more. You will be blessed. Yes. Let my people sit down. Yes. All right, so, and, and just for everybody that just came in, today's whole message is you belong. You belong. That's funny because you all just came in. You're like, I don't have a seat here. No, you belong here. Don't worry. Don't worry. So, I pick up my little girl from daycare. She is still 
has the attitude. And I'm like, man, what is her deal today? And so, of course, we get home, and my wife, I got to wait for her to get home for work. So I'm like, okay, look, I don't know what's going on here, but uh, you, I, I don't know what happened between us between 24 hours ago and now, but we got to chill out. She goes, Daddy, I don't want to talk to you. I was like, you don't realize Daddy pays your bills, so you have to talk to me at some point. And, and all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, let me fix you dinner. And so I'm a dad. I don't know what to fix for dinner, so I fix her peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And she goes, I had this for lunch. And she throws it across the room. I was like, Ooh. I was like, girl, you better apologize right now. She goes, I don't want to apologize to you. I was like, girl, you yell at me one more time. You're going to go upstairs to your room and you're not going to eat nothing for the rest of the night. She goes, I don't want to eat anything. I was like, girl, get upstairs right now. And she's like going upstairs. She's bouncing like this and banging. And then all of a sudden, I hear it. As soon as she gets to her room, Bam! She slams the door. When somebody slams the door. So I'm like, oh, snap. I can't take Girl, you are three years old. There is no reason for you to slam the door. She goes, get out of here. I don't care what you have to say. I was like, girl, if you say one more word to me like that, I'm taking away everything in your room. She goes, I don't care. I'm like, give me your blankie. I take her blankie away. <laughs> I got so mad. I don't know why. I took her blankie away. I was like, this blankie is mine. She goes, you can have it. I don't want it no more. And I was like, fine. And I go and I slam the door. I go downstairs. I'm holding a blankie in my hand. I sit down on the couch. My wife is right there. She goes, tough day, huh? <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, I don't know what happened to her. I think she just got her period. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so my wife was like, okay, Terrence, chill out. Let me go upstairs. Let me see what's happening. And so my wife, she goes upstairs. I can hear my daughter. She's crying. She goes, okay, okay. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, she doesn't even know. She doesn't even know what happened today. I, man, I just, I can't wait to ground her. She don't even care. She only has one thing in her room, but I'm going to ground her anyway. And then all of a sudden, my wife, she comes downstairs. She sits on the couch, and she goes, I think you need to go upstairs and talk to her. And I go, no, you don't understand. This little girl threw a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that took a long time to make. I'm a dad. It's hard. I don't want to go upstairs. And she goes, Terrence, you need to go upstairs and you need to go talk to your daughter. So I'm like, all right. So I go upstairs and I'm like, open the door. Of course, my daughter, she's crying. Uh, I've got the blankie still in my hand. I'm like, here's your blankie, man. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, daddy. Daddy loses it sometimes. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what's going on, but I want you to know that I love you. And whatever's going on, we can work this out. And then all of a sudden, my daughter, she looks up at me, and she goes, Daddy, you're leaving tomorrow, right? I go, yeah, I am. And my daughter, she knows that I go to school assemblies. She knows the reason why I go to school assemblies is because I want every single student to know, whether you're in the, in the church or you're not in the church, that there's somebody that cares about you, that there is a dad that loves you like a son and the daughter that you are. So my daughter looks up at me, and she goes, do you love those kids more than you love me? And I got down on my knees. I said, baby, you are mine, and you will always be mine. And no matter how many times I go, always remember, your dad is coming back. You belong to your daddy. My little girl, the reason why she acted the way she did, it wasn't because she was mad at me. 
It was because she was worried that her spot with her dad was going to be forgotten. My little girl wanted to know that she still belonged to me. Knowing who you belong to makes a big, big difference. And matter of fact, I call it the Toy Story effect. And how many of you guys have seen the movie Toy Story? Toy Story? I'm not talking about the second, the third, or the fourth. I, did you guys know they're coming out with a fourth one? That's crazy. How many times can we tell a story about these toys? But the very first one, who's seen the very first Toy Story? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Now, here's the deal. This movie is way deeper than you guys think it is. Now, the whole movie, did you guys know the whole movie of Toy Story is about belonging? Did you guys know that? The whole story, everything points back to who do you belong to? And I believe that everybody in this room, you are either a Buzz Lightyear or you're a Woody. Now, I've never said that out loud. That sounded weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Now, here's the deal. If you are a Buzz in the room, Buzz represents the feeling of wanting to be loved and the feeling of wanting to be important. Because remember, in the movie Toy Story, Buzz arrives and he thinks that he is a space ranger. And he is proud and he thinks, everybody, you got to know, I am on a mission to stop the galactic blah, 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 blah. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, this guy is important. And Buzz eats it up, right? He's like, that's who I am. I'm a space ranger and that's what we do. We space rangers, we got to fight the evil galactic emperor and we got to go save the planet. So Buzz, he represents all those people that want to feel important. He represents all those people that want people to love them, love me. And you got to remember, when you have this feeling, this desire, you end up surrounding yourself with people that have that same need too. See, all the desires you have, you guys don't realize that all your closest friends, if you are surrounded by them, that means they all have the same kind of desires that you want. But the problem with this is this. When you surround yourself with people that have the same needs, but they're all trying to get those needs out of each other. And when you desire something from people only God can give you, it creates drama in your life. It creates fights. Think about it. How many of you guys have ever gotten a fight with your friend group? There's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah, some of you guys are like, it's happening right now. I don't know what to do. It's happening right now. Here's the thing. James 4, 1 through 2 says it like this. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you have a quarrel and a fight with someone. You do not have because you do not ask God. It's important to know who you belong to. See, desire, it creates an appetite. And an appetite by nature is never fully and finally satisfied. It's only temporarily quelled. So no matter how full you feel after a meal, no matter how full you feel after you eat a great steak, because steak is the greatest thing on this planet, no matter how much of it you eat, 
there will become a time where you're going to want more steak. You might feel good for today, and even tomorrow, after you poop a little bit, you're, st you're still going to want steak at some point or another. Desires never go away. See, you're wanting something from people that will never go away, and the only person that can give it to you is your God. That's it. Desire creates an appetite that can only be satisfied by God. Now, Woody. Woody represents all my jealous people up in here today. How many of you guys can say that you have been jealous before? Okay, it's okay. You are among friends and family. It is all right. This is what Woody represents. He represents, and you got to know that jealousy is resentment. And resentment is wanting something from people who owe you nothing. Think about it. When Buzz Lightyear gets to the, the room, everybody's like, ooh, ah, Buzz, he's so important. He's part of the Space Rangers. Let us fix your ship so you can fly out of here. But Woody, the whole time, he's sitting there, and he's just like, why does everybody like him like that? He's just a toy for crying out loud. And Woody, he's starting to get jealous. Woody, he's starting to get angry with Buzz. But Buzz has not done anything to Woody. But yet, Woody is getting so just unjustly Furious with Buzz Lightyear. You got to remember, jealousy is you really telling God, you owe me. Anytime you feel jealous, it's you saying, God, you owe me something. And can we really tell God that he owes us anything? Think about it. Now, I want you guys all to know, this right here. This is a lot of information I'm giving you, but I'm only giving you this information so you are ready for where we are about to go to next, because in a moment, it's all going to change, and all you guys are going to be like, oh, snap, I did not know it was going to get that deep. So I am telling you this information so you know why we are going to the place that we are going to. So, you can always find a reason to not like somebody. It's easy. Focusing your dislikes on someone else flams, fans the flames of jealousy. Every time you look at somebody and you're like, yep, I just don't like that person, then the jealousy, it'll begin to grow more and more inside of you. And when you think about it, if we think about this room, it's really easy, especially in a church world. We're sitting there, and we're sitting in a room like this, maybe, and you're like, mm, look at that youth group. They think they're so big. They think they're so cooler than everybody else. I don't even like that youth group. Their youth pastor, he wears skinny jeans. I don't even like skinny jeans. They're not a real person. He can't preach. And then all of a sudden, you're just feeding into this whole thing, and you're starting to, like, really not like people that you really don't even know anything about. That is your jealousy beginning to come out. And the problem with trying to squeeze our happiness and our contentment out of others is, remember, they're trying to do the same thing to you. They're trying to say, no, you've got to make me happy. I, I am mad and I am angry. Make me happy. And everybody all of a sudden is trying to get their happiness from everybody else in the room. But you begin to walk away convinced that the problem is on somebody else. It ain't me. 
I'm not the one that thinks skinny jeans are the coolest thing in the world. I'm not the one that's always high-fiving everybody, thinking I'm better than everybody else. It's them. No, the problem is with you. Blaming feeds the problem. Blame is the admission that I can't be happy without your cooperation. If you don't work with me, then I'm not going to be happy. And do you really want to place your happiness in somebody else's hands? It doesn't work. Remember, Isaiah 43.1, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. So, what does Toy Story and belonging have to do with each other? It's simple. When you know who and what you belong to, it solves a world of issues that we have. Think about it. At the end of Toy Story, when Woody finally realizes that he's not really mad at Buzz, but he just wants Andy, his boy, to look at him the same way that he looks at Buzz Lightyear. He just wants the attention of Andy to play with him. And so when he finally realizes that's all he wants, then he's able to do what he needs to do to get out of the situation. Because at this point, he's in the crazy Sid's bedroom with all the demented toys. And think about it. Once again, the whole movie's about belonging. Because why? Because all of a sudden, this other kid, the neighbor kid, steals the toys. And he thinks, these toys are mine now. It's all about belonging. But they know who they belong to. Woody knows who he belongs to now. And so the minute he realizes that, he runs the buzz. And buzz at this point, he finally figures out, I am not a real space ranger. And all my importance is gone. And I'm just, I'm just a stupid toy. I can't really fly. But the moment that he sees that, Woody goes over to him and he says, look, you're right. You're not a space ranger. But look, you're not great. Andy doesn't love you because you're a space ranger. Andy loves you because you're his. And at that point, Buzz looks down at the bottom of his foot and reads the name on there. Andy. You are God's. You don't have to be something that other people want you to believe. Remember, if you belong to somebody else, that's it. You're theirs. My daughter, she can have all the bad days in the world that she wants, but she's always going to be mine. There will never become a point where I turn my back on my daughter because she is always a part of me. You are always a part of God's. So, why is it important for you to know who you belong to? Why am I preaching about this this morning? Because it's simple. And I know there are some people in the room, you're like, okay, this is all good spiritual stuff, but what does this have to do with the real world? All right, let me give you some real world facts. Did you guys know that in a recent survey conducted by the Girl Scouts of America, nearly 74% of all girls agreed that other girls tried to make themselves look cooler than they really are on any social media website. 74% of girls try to be somebody that they're not. They try to look a certain way. Why? Because they don't know who they belong to. 
And so they're trying to get the attention of somebody else to say, you belong. Whether it's a boy, whether it's a friend group, doesn't matter what it is, almost three-fourths of all girls try to get that attention. They don't know who they belong to. Did you guys know that they estimate that over 5,000 students every single day attempt to take their own life? 5,000 students every single day decide, I don't want to live this life anymore. Did you guys know that the second leading cause of death for students your age, the second leading cause of death for students between the ages of 10 and 24 years old, more than cancer, more than heart disease, more than AIDS all combined, is students choosing to take their own lives. That takes out more of you than almost any other thing on this planet. Did you guys know that 63% of all teen suicides come from people who come from fatherless homes. 63%. Did you guys know that 90% of all runaways and homeless children come from fatherless homes? 85% of children with behavioral problems come from fatherless homes. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. And daughters, daughters of single parents, of fatherless homes, did you guys know that they are 711% more likely to have kids as teenagers themselves? All from fatherless homes. 711%. Why? It's simple. Because if you don't have somebody that can get down and tell you, you're mine, then you're going to try to find that from anybody else. You're going to try to get that. It doesn't matter who you are. We are all designed to want somebody to love us. I don't care what kind of shell you put up. I don't care what kind of mask you wear. I don't care how, how much you're like, I just need my alone time. Everybody wants somebody else to say, that's my person. They're mine. And if you don't, You'll try anything, or you'll try to take your own life, as we see by the numbers here. So why is it important that you know you belong to somebody? Because it makes a difference in how you live your life. Uh, case in point, <clears throat> when I go to these school assemblies, uh, one of the main things that I talk about is how everybody needs a dad hug. And near the end of the assembly, if you don't know what a dad hug is, a dad hug says this. Dad hug says, I love you, and you don't have to do anything for me. A dad hug says, I think you're great, and you don't have to get straight A's. You don't have to be the superstar athlete. I just think you're great because you're you. And so when I go to these school assemblies, I'll stand up, and near the end of it, I say, hey, I know there are some of you sitting in this room right now where you don't get any dad hugs. Or maybe for you, it's a mom hug. Or maybe for you, it's a friend hug. And so I'm in the middle of this assembly, and I'm telling you, inner city school, there are over 2,000 kids in this gym. And I start talking about how I grew up, and my parents got a divorce when I was two or three years old, and I get to see my dad a lot, and I didn't get to have dad hooks. But I was like, my little girl, Gracie, she loves to get dad hooks because she knows that no matter what she does, she can always turn towards her dad 
And her dad's going to love her no matter what. And in the midst of 2,000 students, next thing I know, this girl jumps up out of the out of the bleachers and she starts running over to me. I am in the middle of an assembly. There are 2,000 kids. My first thought is, she's going to cut me. I knew it. It's going to happen today. I'm going to die. <laughs> and next thing I know, she runs over to me. She throws her arms around me and she goes, why doesn't my dad love me? Why doesn't my dad love me? Why doesn't he love me? In the middle of the assembly, I put the mic in my pocket. I gave her a hug. I said, hey, I don't know what's going on in your family, but I do know there's a reason why I came to your school today. I want you to know that no matter what happens from this day forward, you are loved. I'm glad that I get to give you the dad hug that you deserve because you deserve one every single day. Gave her a hug. She squeezed me. And she ran back into the bleachers in her spot. Her friends put an arm around her. And as soon as the assembly was over, the principal came over to me and he goes, you have no idea what just happened. He goes, that girl that you hugged, she is the most popular girl in our school. Everybody looks up to her. And she's the one that leads all the drinking parties. She's the one that makes everybody, she'll turn a, a, a good girl into a bad girl. She's like, she's the one that's the lead bully and everything. He goes, you have no idea what you just did and how much it meant for her to jump up in front of everybody and admit that she needs the love of her dad. Why is it important that you know who you belong to? It's simple. Everybody wants to know. I'm somebody's. Everybody needs the love of their dad. As a matter of fact, it reminds me of one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Now, here's the deal. Um, worship band, you guys can come back up. And as a matter of fact, right now, if you guys want to start passing out those cards and the uh, paper clips, that would be great. One of my favorite stories in the Bible takes place and Mark 5. And in Mark 5, it's the story about the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years. And the reason why it's one of my most favorite stories in the Bible, because if you don't know this story, this woman, uh, she had been bleeding for over 12 years of her life. And she had spent all of her money to try to figure out what was wrong with her. And none of the doctors, nobody knew how to help this girl and so one day she hears about Jesus coming to her town. And, and when she hears about Jesus coming to her town, she's thinking to herself, maybe, just maybe, this man will help me. Maybe this, maybe this Jesus that I've heard of, maybe the guy that everybody tells stories about how he's made the blind see again, maybe he'll do something for me. And so she begins to, to follow around the large crowd that's following Jesus. And you guys got to understand, back in the day, when there was a physical ailment with you, they always thought it was because there was some sin in your life, that you were meant to have that. You deserve to have that physical ailment because you have done something wrong or your family's done something wrong. So can, can you guys imagine that this girl, everybody in town knows there's something wrong with her. And everybody's thinking, yeah, she's got a big sin in her life. She's dirty. We don't want to talk to her. We don't want nothing to do with her. 
And so when she hears about Jesus and, and she sees the big crowd, she goes, I, I can't just walk up there. People are not going to just let me walk through. And so she begins to crawl on her hands and her feet trying to get through the crowd. And I'm sure there were people in this big crowd of people and they see this girl down there and they probably purposely, it doesn't say this in the Bible, but I'm sure some people purposely stepped on her hands, kicked her while she was down there because they're like, what is she doing there? But this girl, she steadily inched closer and closer to Jesus. And then when she got close enough to be able to touch the hem of his garment, she was like, I know this Jesus. I'm sure since he's a great teacher, a, a great pro, I'm sure he doesn't want to talk to me. But maybe, just maybe, if I can just touch him, I'll be healed. So it says that she reached up and she touched the hem of his garment and immediately she was healed. And at that point, Jesus stopped in the middle of this crowd of people, and he goes, who touched me? And his disciples, they're looking around, they're like, uh, Jesus, there are tons and tons of people around you. What do you mean, who touched you? And Jesus goes, no, somebody touched me. Who was it? And the girl, knowing that she had just been healed, she stands up. And I'm sure she was scared. I'm sure she was nervous. But then all of a sudden, and this is why, this is my favorite story in the Bible. Jesus comes over to her and he says, daughter, your faith has healed you. He called her daughter. The reason why this is so important, because I learned this because now that I'm a dad, I know I don't go around and I don't tell people, hey, you're my daughter. Hey, you're my son. I don't just throw that out. See, when I go home, you guys might know me as Terrence Lee Talley, because that's my name, Terrence Lee Talley. But when I go home, I'm only known by daddy. That's my daddy. And every single time, my daughter, as a matter of fact, my daughter Cece, uh, she's uh, learning to talk now, and she can't talk clearly, but every time she wants them, I'm the guy when I'm home, I'm the guy that sneaks her, like, bottles, I'm the guy that sneaks her little candies that she can eat, and so she knows when I'm home, her daddy's going to get her what she wants, so even in the morning, when she wakes up, I can hear her in the room, dada, 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 I'm like, oh, my baby's calling me, let me go get her, let me go get her, because she knows that it doesn't matter what everybody else calls me. She calls me Dada because she knows she's mine. And she can get whatever she needs from her Dada. When Jesus told this girl that no, it doesn't even give her a name in the Bible, but Jesus gives her a name. He calls her daughter. You're mine. You belong to me. And no matter what you need, I'm going to be the one to give it to you. No matter how hard life gets, I'm going to be the one to heal you. You can look down and your fingers, and they, call, they have these things called fingerprints. This is God's handwriting on you. Just like in the movie Toy Story where he wrote Andy on the bottom of their feet, God writes on you, mine. Every single one of you, doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter if this is your first time hearing about Jesus or this is your hundredth time hearing about Jesus, you belong to Jesus. You belong right here. So here's what I want to do. In a moment, I'm going to tell you to go. When I say go, 
I'm going to have everybody that has a card in this room, I want you to begin to write a note that you would love to get. That if you were to pick up this card, this would encourage you. Maybe it's a card for some of you that if I'm praying right now, there's some of you in here that think you're ugly. You hate the way you look. For some of you, if I'm being honest with you guys, uh, sometimes I really hate the way my teeth look. I get ashamed about that. So if I was to write a card and I wanted somebody to pick it up, I would, and if I was going to pick it up, I would write, doesn't matter what anybody else says about you, you got a beautiful smile. And you are somebody's. And I would write that card. What is the card that you need to have? What is the card that would make your day? I want you to write that card to yourself. Because here's the deal, and you guys can start writing those cards right now. What is it that you need to hear? Because of all these issues that we deal with in our life, and it's always going to come up, whether it's desires that you have that you can't quench, the answer is simple. Go to Jesus. He can quench the desires that you have in your heart. Or maybe for some of us, you, have, you deal with jealousy a lot. The answer is simple. Go to Jesus. Because if you go to Jesus for your desires, then you don't have to try to get it from other people. You can't always go back to those people because we all know people are going to fail us. They're not always going to be able to give you what you need, but Jesus does. And if you are dealing with jealousy, to get rid of it, not only do you have to ask God for what you really need, but you also have to celebrate other people. Remember, if you're dealing with the strong desire of wanting what somebody else has, and it happens a lot in life, you got to ask God, God, I know they got that. Can I have that too? And you got to be okay with no. You got to be okay with sometimes not getting exactly what you want. Because it's simple. When you ask and you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. Sometimes the things that you see other people have, those are the things that could destroy you. So if God tells you no, it's okay because it's for you. Your dad knows how to take care of you. So once you ask God, and no matter the answer you get, you got to celebrate other people. If you're jealous of somebody, celebrate them. Even if you don't feel like it and you're like, oh man, I don't want to like their picture. They already got 500 likes. I don't want to be the 501. You need to like that picture. You need to celebrate people until you feel like, until it honestly comes out of you. And all of a sudden you're, you're like, yeah, that person's awesome. Yeah, you know what? That person really is awesome. Yeah, that is a cool thing. That's it. That's how you break jealousy in your life. So today we are going to do that. Today, as you're writing your cards, we're going to break those strong chains of desires that nobody else can quench except for God. And we're going to break that strong stronghold of jealousy. And we're going to write the things that we want, the things that we would love to read. And after you get done, you will see that there is a string up here. When I say go, 
If you've got a paper clip in your hand, I want you to take that note and I want you to paper clip it on here. And the band's going to play. And after a fair number of you have paper clipped your card onto that string, then I'm going to release all of you. If you have put a card up there, then you need to take a card. Don't take your own, but find somebody else's card that they have put up there, and I want you to read it and know that that is for you, that that wasn't just some random person that just wrote something, and it just happens to be a card that makes you feel good. Know that this is how God wants to speak to you today. Know that, wow, God knew this is what I needed. That's your card, and I want you to take it with you, and I want you to remember that no matter what happens, you belong to God. You belong. You belong. Doesn't matter what you've done, you belong. So, if you're ready, and if you wrote your card, then I want you to come up here right now, and I want you to place it on the shrink. 